Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, psychologist, relationship coach, attachment theory expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, author of Love Magnet and Athletic Wear Connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract to healthy relationship. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. Buckle up and let's get vulnerable. It's February and there's that one holiday that happens in February that so many of us pretend to not care about, but deep down, we wish we had that person that was going to write us a letter, take us to dinner, maybe buy us some flowers and chocolate. We just want to feel loved, appreciated, and adored. And on February 14th, when we don't feel that way, it becomes really obvious what's missing in our lives. I want to help you finally do the work on you that allows you to attract the relationship you've always wanted. Now is the time, not next month, not when work slows down. Now is the time to put yourself first and decide that you will heal your relational wounds. You'll let go of the things that are no longer serving you and you'll step into your securely attached high self-worth version of you. You get to rewrite your love story. You get to have the relationship that you've always wanted. It starts with you. You really can rewire your brain and attract the love that you deserve. And the best news is that you don't have to do it alone. I am here to help you inside of the Empowered, Secure, Loved program. Inside of the program, you'll get everything you need to become the securely attached version of you. You'll be able to fully release your past relationships and past relational trauma, and you'll have all the tools to set boundaries, communicate assertively, and show up as the secure, confident version of you. And right now, when you join, you get a special bonus package. This is just for right now. And it's going to go to the first 15 women who join the program. So this will go quickly. You will get access to the Move to Secure Attachment bonus package. This includes the Boundaries audio course, which has been so popular with my clients, really a deep dive on how to set boundaries and the internal work that supports maintaining boundaries. You'll also get the Become the One bundle, super popular as well. This is three separate courses that will help you in becoming the one. And on top of that, you get a bonus month in the program at no cost to you, plus extra juicy $400 off. I only do this kind of offer one to two times a year. And like I said, this is your time. You're here listening to this podcast for a reason. This is your time to do the work on you. Don't wait. You deserve it. You're so worthy of investing in your healing. You can apply to the program using the link in the show notes. And remember, this is only available to the first 15 women who join the program this month. Don't wait. Go apply today. 
Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. It's your host, Dr. Morgan. And wow, this is going to be a good episode. I'm going to give you step-by-step post-breakup what you should do. And I know that a lot of you are going through breakups. I know because you're DMing me. And maybe some of you went through one six months ago or even a year ago and you haven't fully processed it. Or maybe it just happened or maybe you feel it's about to happen. Whatever the case, anytime we're going through the ending of a relationship, we need extra support and we need to think about how can I intentionally move through this so that I'm not spiraling, numbing, creating more emotional damage, right? So this is a really important episode. I'm going to give you some of my best strategies and tips on how do you heal after a breakup. And I will say this is because I asked you all what you wanted me to talk about on Instagram. I'm asking you on a pretty regular basis. I'll say, Hey, what questions do you have for me? And when I asked you all that, I had at least four to five people who said, how do I heal from a breakup? So this is going to be for all of you who asked and then for everyone else who's ever gone through one, maybe you're currently going through it, or maybe you're just not over someone from a year ago or two years ago or six months ago, and you need a little extra breakup support. All right, let's dive into it. Number one, when it comes to navigating a breakup, you have to have self-compassion. You have to. This is an emotionally challenging experience. I'll get into why a little bit later, but you have to be able to say, I know that this is challenging. I know that there's going to be difficult emotions and I'm not going to judge myself. I'm going to show up for myself as I would show up for a friend that I dearly love. I'm not going to say, oh my gosh, you should be over it. Why are you taking this so hard? Or you should have seen the signs sooner. Why did you let this go on so long? I need you to realize it's really important to have the attitude of, I am caring for myself. I am supportive. I'm understanding. And I have so much self-compassion as I'm going through this process. I think it's also important to have compassion in realizing that it's not necessarily linear. Any of these steps that I mentioned, you could feel like you're moving forward and then move backwards. There's there's no exact linear process or exact timeline, and you have to have compassion in order to be able to move through it at all. Without compassion, is where we get super stuck. We're self-critical. We're blaming ourselves. We're going and trying to date someone new right away. We're completely numbing, compartmentalizing, right? Without compassion, we start to get into this emotional danger zone where if we're not able to have compassion, then we're not processing. And then since we're not processing the painful emotions, the thoughts, the feelings, can come up in our next relationship, right? We can bring it with us in our future relationships. It could come up at work, towards our family members, towards our friends. The the emotions don't go away. So if we don't process them, 
they're going to come out sideways. So we need to have compassion so that we can allow ourselves to process. All right, moving on to number two, we have to develop acceptance. So with acceptance, this one's really key. It's where I'm acknowledging that the relationship is over. And for so many of us, when we get in that place of the relationship ending, we go through this long period of denial or bargaining or thinking that we can somehow convince the person to get back together with us. And getting to acceptance can be hard, but also not being in acceptance keeps you really stuck. So getting to this place of, okay, I'm accepting the relationship is over. And one of the things I really love to help you get to acceptance is doing this thing that is called reality testing, which is a cognitive behavioral therapy intervention where you're simply writing out the facts of what's happened. So this would look like we dated for six months. There was recurring arguments. Conflict was not navigated in a healthy way. Whatever the facts are, right? I want you to think about using reality testing to look at the data. Remember, the love scientist, look at the data from the relationship, look at the facts. And this is, once again, called really helpful is to get you out of that emotional spiral where we're making all, it means so much about us, or it means so much about our future, where it can be in this really emotional place where we're catastrophizing, thinking worst worst case scenario, we're never going to find anyone again. There's something so horribly wrong about me. Like so many of us make a breakup mean something about our worthiness, right? And by getting you into reality testing and actually looking at the facts of the relationship, we can get you to this place of seeing what happened. And I think for a lot of us, when we get there, we can have more acceptance. And for some of us, we even have relief and we go, wow, that was not the right relationship for me. Once we can connect to the facts. So honestly, that would look like just getting out your journal And if you were a third-party scientist, imagine you're a third-party scientist and you're looking at the timeline of the relationship, write out the facts of what happened. Okay. Now, this is a two-part piece here with acceptance. So I talked about reality testing. The other thing I want you to think about is how do I accept both the good and the bad of the relationship? I actually can't let a relationship go until I fully accepted what it was. So if I'm only seeing it as bad, if I'm trash talking my ex and I'm saying, well, they did this and they cheated on me or whatever it was, right? Then I'm going to have a really hard time fully letting it go. To get to acceptance, we have to see things for the complexity that they are, meaning that there's always good and bad, always good and bad. So accepting the good parts as well of, hey, these were the good things about the relationship. 
And these were the not so good things, right? These were the challenges. These were the things that didn't work. We have to see the entire picture. That's going to allow us to release it and let go of the relationship so much more easily when we see it for what it actually was. So that's a two-part process there for acceptance of get do the reality testing, do what I just said, where you're the third party scientist looking at the facts of what happened in the relationship. And then the second part is how can you acknowledge the good and the bad, being able to see the full picture of what the relationship was, that's going to really help you get to a place of acceptance. All right, moving on. This is really fascinating to think about. So I want you to think about evolutionary psychology, which is where we look at how the process of evolution impacts how we think, because it still does, even though so much has changed in our world. And if you think about early humans, their partner, the person that they chose to partner with very, very early in human development, right? That determined their ability to survive. There's such an emphasis on, I need a partner in order to survive, right? In a hunter-gatherer society, someone had to go and hunt and someone had to take care of the children. And if there was predators, two was better than one. So evolutionary psychology, when we understand that, we can kind of understand partly why our reaction to a breakup can feel like life or death. That's, that's part of it, right? Is knowing that this can really feel like a survival piece. And I think sometimes it's helpful to remind yourself, okay, actually there are ways I can take care of myself. There are these amazing support systems I have. There's a lot of ways that I can self-soothe. I can meet my needs. So to try to combat some of that compulsion, that biological wiring that we have that says that, oh, if I don't have this relationship, I, I feel like I'm in danger, right? Or I'm, I'm dying. There's some of you who experienced relationships where you broke up and it's like, I feel like I'm dying. And some of that is the evolutionary component. Now, the other piece, and this is where I nerd out a lot on, is understanding that breakups oftentimes are not even about the person that you're breaking up with. They can actually represent to you something about yourself. So I'm unlovable. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of love, right? If we go deep, a breakup can really represent a wound or an unhelpful belief that you have about yourself. When you experience a breakup, your environment is giving you this evidence that that belief is true. So then you're spiraling and you're really just ruminating on that belief, sometimes unconsciously even. So a breakup can be so much more than just that person. It's not even about that person right? Of course, there can be some some grieving about the person, but typically it's the grieving is disproportionate to what you actually felt for that specific person. 
So it can be about a belief or it can be about something you all know. If you've listened to the show, you know that I talk about this all the time, which is repetition compulsion, where that relationship represented to you a relationship dynamic from early on in your life, whether it was childhood or early romantic dynamics, it represented that dynamic and likely you had an unconscious wish that this time I can get a different result, AKA this time I can get them to love me. This time I can get them to choose me or to stay with me, right? And then when it works out the same way that that old hurtful dynamic works out, you are not just upset about the present day breakup. What you are feeling is actually connected to all of the pain from that dynamic, not just the present day dynamic, but that dynamic as you have experienced it throughout your life. So this is another reason why we can have a disproportionate response to a breakup where we feel like our world's falling apart. We can't get out of bed. We're sobbing for days. This was me. Hello. I know exactly if any of you've been there, please have so much compassion. I've been there too. And I I can tell you that once you start to put the pieces together, of these different things that I've mentioned, evolutionary psychology, is it negative beliefs about yourself, wounds about yourself, things you've told, stories you've told about yourself, right? Or is it repetition compulsion? Once you start to understand that, wow, you can realize how much of a breakup is not even about the person that you're breaking up with. Okay, you're not going to believe this. I have a really juicy update for you. I am hosting a live in-person workshop in La Jolla, California. It is called Become the One, Securely Attached Secrets for Attracting Your Dream Partner. This is happening March 23rd. It's a Saturday. It's from 10 a.m. to noon, two hours long. I'm going to give you an experiential process. So you're not just going to sit there and take notes. You're going to actually be going through an experience that'll help you become securely attached, release your past relationships, and really step into that version of you who is attracting emotionally available dream partnerships. And this is for you if maybe you've thought about working with me or you've just kind of been on the fence about, I don't know what to do, what should my next step be? And you want something really powerful and fun that's in person, this is just going to be amazing. So make sure you grab your spot. We have super limited, limited spots. And I want to make this accessible to anyone who can attend. The investment is just $97. And then if you want to bring a friend, it's just $149. So a no-brainer. Show up. I would love to give you a big hug in person. And this is for people who have not been in the Empowered Secure Love program. I am hosting a retreat around that same time for my program clients. And I have one spot left for that. Um, But this is the only time this workshop 
is the only time I've done an in-person event for someone who is not a client. So I would act on this if you're like, I really want to meet Dr. Morgan. I want to work with her in person. This is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. So go use the link in the show notes, grab your spot, and I'll see you in person March 23rd. I can't wait. We're going to have so many breakthroughs and it'll be amazing to be in person with you. So excited. So basically point number three is be really curious. What is my response really about? And of course, I'm not invalidating grieving. Yes, there are people that we get really connected to and there's some grief that is connected to losing people, specific people, right? So of course, there's that element but I'm saying don't overlook what's happening below the surface there and that your disproportionate emotional response is connected to so much more than just grieving that specific person. All right. The fourth thing when you are working through a breakup and you're processing things, what I would want you to realize is that you need to go no contact with the person. This is so hard for people. I feel like I talk to a lot of people where they're like, but we're friends and we started as friends and then we dated. So then now we're just going back to friends and I hear you. I get it. Here's the issue with that. Your brain even if you're just texting the person occasionally, or even if you're seeing their social media posts, your brain doesn't know the difference between being in person and connecting with someone versus the occasional text message or seeing their social media. So really, truly for your healing, you do need to step away. Do you need to step away forever? No. If you have interest in maintaining a friendship you can reconnect, but both people have to want to reconnect and both people have to be willing to redefine a new kind of relationship. If a, if a relationship is ending or dying, I can't, it, I'm not going to allow it to fully die or end by maintaining the connection with someone. That just keeps it stuck. That just keeps me kind of stuck in this quicksand of getting pulled back in to the dynamic. So to allow the relationship to end fully, there has to be no contact. I think depending on where you are, how long you've dated, how much emotion there was, I would recommend anywhere from a three month to six month, no contact period. And I mean, not even look at their social media. You need space to let that dynamic end. Okay. And then obviously if you don't want to reconnect with them, just go on with no contact. However, if there was friendship, if you have this desire for some sort of new relationship, right? It has to be a totally blank slate. You're rebuilding and you're creating some sort of friendship if you have that desire, you have to wait at least three to six months. And then here's the kicker. You have to go really slow in rebuilding it. And then you have to get so, so clear on what the boundaries are. What's okay. What's not okay. 
noticing yourself what feels okay, right? How much time can I spend with someone? How much can I communicate with them? What does a friendship look like in a way that feels healthy where both of us know that it's simply a friendship and that's it? I'm going to add to this. Then you, <laughs> then when you find yourself in a new relationship, you're probably going to reevaluate this as well because for healthy, secure attachment, you would want to tell your partner about this and say, Hey, yeah, I dated this person. They're my friend now. And then you have a whole other conversation about, well, what feels secure for the couple? And I can guarantee you this, that in the early stages of building a secure relationship, it may not feel good for you to hang out with someone, even as a friend, that you once dated. Now, if you've built a securely attached relationship, it's super healthy, you're over a year in, then you have the secure bandwidth, if you will, that would maybe allow you to continue a friendship with an ex. But this whole conversation is so nuanced. It so depends on the people. Very rarely do people actually do this well. I see it rarer. So just remember, start with no contact for three to six months and then go from there. But you have to have to do the no contact. And then here's my caveat. If you make contact, because you might in one of those moments where you're feeling really low or you're feeling really lonely or you have this compulsion for connection and you're in this dysregulated attachment system place, you might text your ex. We see all this stuff on social media. Don't text your ex. We get it. We know you're not supposed to. And sometimes the attachment system overrides that and you might text your ex. And if that does happen, I want you to have compassion and understanding and realize that it's just your attachment system trying to connect. It's not the end of the world. And that you can do better next time, right? That you can make a plan, have a pre-written out plan. When I feel like texting my ex, I'm going to make tea instead. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to journal, right? You can come up with replacement behaviors but it may take you a while to get there. And that is okay, my friends. But know that your healing will be sped up as soon as you can go no contact. All right. What is step number five? This is a juicy episode. I hope you all are liking this. Oh man, good stuff in here for anyone who's going through a breakup. Make sure you send it to someone. If you know someone who's in the middle of it, whether it's a divorce or a breakup or they're still not over someone, please send them this episode. I think it'd be really helpful for them. Let's help as many people as we can. All right. Number five, you need to say, I am going to have Ferrari maintenance. If you've read my book, uh, which thank you all for those of you who have, um, I've been really surprised. It continues to really really be bought consistently. So people really like it. Um, the book is called Love Magnet, Get Off the Dating Roller Coaster and Attract the Love You Deserve. It's available on Amazon. Chapter three of the book is called Ferrari Maintenance. And I explain 
you are not a Prius, you are a Ferrari. This is a mindset shift. We need to say, how do I take care of myself at the highest, highest level? What does that look like for me? And when you're going through a breakup, the way I think of it is you have this tendency where maybe you've outsourced your self-worth to the relationship where how I think about myself, how I feel about me is a bit dependent on my relationship. And one of the important things you need to do is reclaim your self-worth, take ownership of it again, and step into this beautiful phase that I love to call Ferrari maintenance, where you are taking ownership of how you want to feel. You're practicing high levels of self-worth and you're asking yourself, what would it look like to take care of me at the highest level? So for some of you, that might be a new routine. It might be saying no to certain people, places, or things that you do. It's this question of how do I curate my day-to-day where I'm the main character, I'm the Ferrari, okay, and I am taking care of me at a high, high level. That is how we can really reclaim our self-worth and do a lot of healing after a breakup because we're also letting our brain know, hey, I can self-soothe. I can show up for me, right? Just because the relationship ended, that doesn't mean that I don't feel loved anymore. I can show up for myself with love, right? And I can create habits that feel good, that give me energy, that light me up. And before you know it, you're in this beautiful relationship with yourself, And damn, that's a good relationship to have. You need a relationship with yourself that feels good where you are taken care of. And I think a lot of people miss this step and then they go right into dating and then they're putting a ton of pressure on the new relationship because once again, they've still outsourced their self-worth to the relationship. They want that relationship to go really quickly because they want the dopamine hits. They want to feel really good right? And then all of a sudden we're back to another breakup. Damn, right? Like that's a lot of us. Um, And maybe it doesn't look exactly like that, but I can guarantee you when you don't reclaim your self-worth and you don't reclaim taking care of you, you're going to bring a lot of unfinished business into future relationships. Okay. The final thing, and this is a big one, I want you to think about your mindset, dating mindset, relationship mindset. How do we think about ourselves? How do we think about relationships? And I say this all the time. I'll say it again. There is no failure in dating. You have to realize that rejection is simply redirection. And the more healing you do, and especially that acceptance part, remember I talked about acceptance, the more you realize, oh, there's a reason why that didn't work out. Rejection is not a reflection of your worth, right? Like you have to remember, it wasn't about me being good enough. There was nothing wrong with me. You just, you have to reframe it. It's simply redirection to something that is better, a relationship that's better for you, that's more aligned, maybe even in a a way, I'm getting excited, I can't talk, in a way (laughs) 
<laughs> that you can't even see yet or that you're not even aware of. For example, the way that my partner shows up for me, I wouldn't have even imagined that that was possible to have someone so loving and caring and giving and emotionally intelligent and amazing with my family and sexy and passionate and all the things. My brain couldn't have even imagined someone like him. So I think it's really important to realize when you're going through a breakup, you may have had good fall apart. Like it might've been good, but good might've had to fall apart for great to come into your life for a truly aligned, great, healthy, loving, passionate relationship. That good relationship might've had to fall apart so that great could come in, right? This is the mindset piece. We, we have to release disappointments, embrace the learning. There's no failure in dating. There's only learning. And then this is a big one. We're surrendering. We're trusting that the universe is guiding us towards the right love for us at the right time. And I know that sounds woo-woo and it is woo-woo and it's also based in science right? This, this idea that we are going to align with the thing that is meant for us when we are showing up as our true selves, when we're being honest about what we want, we can become a match for what we really want. Remember the universe responds not to what you want. The universe responds to who you are being so when you can take the lessons from past relationships, you can do this process I laid out for you and you can grow and you can learn, realize this, you are simply becoming more of who you are and you're becoming more of a match for what is really, really meant for you. The more you, you become, the more open you are to really attracting what's really meant for you. And that's why I love the work that I do. And a lot of people come to us after a breakup because they realize, whoa, I need to let go of blocks. I need to let go of the stuff that I've been carrying around so that I can show up with self-love and confidence and secure attachment so that I can attract that relationship that I've always wanted that's truly meant for me. And it's, it's internal. It's internal, y'all. If you love this episode and maybe you've been on the fence about doing the work, I want you to know this is the perfect time. We have the most incredible offer for you this month. You get bonuses like crazy. You get the Become the One bundle, which is an incredible resource about communication, how to communicate in a securely attached way. You also get uh, affirmations. It's the specific affirmations that I used in rewiring my brain for becoming securely attached. So it's an awesome audio to have to just play on repeat to help rewire your brain. Not to mention, you also get the Boundaries Audio course, which is a course designed to help you learn how to set and maintain boundaries. So these incredible bonuses and... We have an awesome discount for you where the program is $400 off. 
So I don't want you to miss this offer. It is going away very soon. Um, and I am just, I don't even know if it's still available. I think it is. I think we probably have a couple spots left, but we've had so many people who are ready to do this work this month. So if you have thought about it, don't wait. We have at least a couple spots left. Go apply. The link to apply to the program will be in the show notes. Super easy process. You fill out the application. You'll have a call with my team and they'll help you build a custom plan and determine if the program is right for you. So it's super easy. It takes five minutes to fill out the application. Use the link in my bio to, or in in the show notes to apply. Okay, y'all. I also, I just want you to know, if you've been listening to the podcast, I want you to know this, that you are so worthy of love and that your journey is your journey. I just have realized there's so many people who are comparing themselves nonstop and they think they're supposed to be at a certain place. That's not the case. Your journey is your journey. Please stop judging yourself. Please stop thinking that you should be somewhere else. Even if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, I don't care how old you are. I want you to stop comparing yourself or stop saying the story in your head that it should have, could have, would have been a certain way for you. You are enough. You're doing enough. You deserve to heal. Okay. Stop comparing your journey to someone else's. Thank you for being an incredible community. I love being able to help you all and really support you as you're becoming securely attached. I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. And of course, as always, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram or Facebook. Make sure you tag me. It would mean the world to me if you took just a moment to leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this show grow, the more people will be able to help. Until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.